All right, hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic. This is episode 33. I'm Chris Enns, your host. And for this episode, I'm joined by Justin Jackson. Justin Action Jackson of, uh, well, productpeople.tv is where he used to be. He uh, has recently moved on from podcasting, but maybe he's coming back. You'll have to listen to find out. Um, he's over at jfdi.bz. BZ, and am I Justin on Twitters? So, enjoy the show. I'd love to hear any uh, questions, comments, feedback you have after the show. Hit me up on Twitter, sskten.com slash contact. If you got thoughts, things that inspired you to do, enjoy the show. SSKTN headquarters with flu bugs and kid bugs and snow bugs and and then the Rough Riders winning the Great Cup too, which means hell yeah means a lot to you or means nothing to you. So look it up. Um, hey Justin. Hey man, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's it good to have good. you. Feels good to be talking to a fellow Canadian. You know. Well, that's what you tweeted that uh, in brackets. You said a real Canadian, as if you don't. Uh, you don't often see real Canadians. Wow, the there's so many fakers out there. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like like the old uh, backpacking thing where you you're supposed to put a Canadian flag. We always heard like Americans would put Canadian flags on their backpacks when they traveled so that they get recognized as if they're Canadians instead of Americans, right? That you've heard that. Yeah, they yeah. do that. Yeah, it's true. That's, we were, that's a that's a Canadian folk legend. That's actually true. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah. And it's good. It's good. I, you know, I actually don't know if I've talked to a Canadian. Actually, my last episode was with a Canadian. But I, most of my podcasts, I'm talking to Americans. And Americans are fine. You know, I like them. But there's nothing like talking to a real maple syrup in the veins, flannel-wearing, beaver-loving Canuck, you know? <laughs> I'll just leave that one alone. I don't have any flannel, actually, anymore. I ditched that in the 90s. but I, Really? I oh, to, man. I'm going back to the flannel. Yeah. Well, I think it's coming around again, huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone's wearing it now. That's it. Just it went worldwide. Yeah, it was like a Canadian secret for a while, and then you know, probably went into the states through Seattle or something. You know, with yeah, the, exactly. Like, Eddie Vedder and yeah, crew. and yeah. then it just now it's everywhere. <laughs> but now we're you know it's good because we can talk. You can't you can't uh, like drop any Canadian cultural references when you're talking to Americans, right? Like I can I can say uh, like David Suzuki. You yeah. know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Exactly. Bob and Doug McKenzie, Timbits, can you spare me a loony? You know, that's all, that's Canadian stuff. We can talk about Canadian stuff. We can commiserate and, and celebrate Canadian. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And this is actually good. This is a good picture of Canada right here. Cause you are like, you're like the nice Canadian that everyone always hears about. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm kind of like the, uh, the loud mouth jerk Canadian on the other side. So we've got a good balance here. Well, that's cause you're of, from Alberta, uh, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's true. And now the worst, you, you the worst Canadians come from Alberta and uh, Toronto. Yeah. Well, I think Toronto would most. Uh, yeah. If Toronto, <laughs> if they consider themselves part of Canada, I guess they would. But yeah. the truth is, like, the nicest people in Canada are from Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and the Maritimes. That that's how it goes. Yeah. And then the the niceness kind of the niceness standard goes down from there. Yeah, definitely. I think it has something to do with the weather. The worst yeah. you listed the three places where the weather is the worst, <laughs> and so it's kind of like we we kind of get rid of our the jerks because we just leave them out in the cold to die. 
And you can't keep, you know, nobody's going to help a jerk I, with a flat tire in the middle of a blizzard. I wouldn't have survived in Saskatchewan. Exactly. <laughs> you had to move to BC. Welcome to Canada. This is our podcast about the discussion of Canada. If you're just well, tuning yeah, in. I think, I mean, and you, you know, you've got some Canadian broadcast uh, requirements. You know, every once in a while, you got to throw in some 100% Canadian content. <laughs> exactly. And uh, make the government, then the government doesn't tax you as much. or I don't know how that works, but. Yeah. They don't revoke your podcasting license. Exactly. That's what most Americans don't realize that Canadians actually have a podcasting license. It's not just a thing. Down the States, anybody can podcast, right? So That's right. You got to go and apply at the CRTC. It's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. Peter Mansbridge walks you through it. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It's not easy. People think it's easy. It's not easy. I know. Get the rest. That's what those, I'm trying to think now. I don't think I've had another Canadian on this show. Uh well, it's about time. Episodes. Although I feel like a bit of an imposter here on the show because I kind of snuck in the back door. I'm I'm not I'm not a real podcaster anymore. Well, that's what I was going to say. I actually had my little intro thing where I was like going to say you were the pod- the host of productpeople.tv which used to be a podcast focused on great products and the people who make them. <laughs> uh, so technically, I, don't know, I think the show's over because why why am I talking over. To you again? <laughs> I'm a phony. I I mean technically and we can get into this, but technically the show is still live the feed is still live right. and technically i think so in my email that i i wrote to my listeners um i said you know i'm retiring the show but it's not going it's not going to go away completely and i i kind of need a break and um and but that's not to say it won't you know keep going amy hoy and i have plans on doing a show and there's some stuff out there i just needed a break from doing it every single week and uh yeah because uh, you did up to I, 50 episodes, right, is where you, you just sort of you capped it off. Yeah, yeah. We October. started it in October of 2012, uh, and I had a co-host at that point, Kyle Fox. And uh, Kyle and I did the show together for a while, and then he got busy with work and had to stop. And I said, well, I'm going to keep going. And I kind of set this goal for myself. I'm going to go to, you know, one year, and then I'll kind of evaluate and decide if I want to keep kind of, you know, keep doing it. And, um, you know, actually the one thing, one of the reasons I stopped, I guess we're into it now, right? Oh yeah. We're in. Okay. <laughs> what, one of the reasons I stopped is cause I had advertisers and, and let oh, me kind of get into that. That so, sounds awful. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd hate to well, have advertisers on the show <laughs> paying me well, money. <laughs> this is the thing. So when you start something and yeah. I, like I can go back into our first notes and emails and chats about the show. You have all these kind of ideas, right? So we had like a list of here's all the people we want to interview. And like, wouldn't that be amazing if we could interview all these people? And then we, you know, said, what else do we want to accomplish? And, you know, part of it was like, we want to um, see if we can just learn how to podcast. We've never, never done it before. So what does it take to host a podcast and get the equipment and all that stuff? And then the third thing was, I wonder if we can make money at it. Because, you know, everybody kind of says you can't. And I was just wondering, well, maybe, maybe you can. And, and we wanted to kind of push some of those, you know, boundaries a bit. And so, I mean, we tried on, on the revenue front, we tried a bunch of different stuff. Like we had this one idea for something called shoutouts. And the idea was is that a listener could pay uh, thirty bucks, and then they could have a, 
uh, say anything at the end of the show. So it could have been like promote their thing. It could have been just like have us say something ridiculous. Um, and we thought, you know, maybe we could do like, you know, five to ten of these a show and people would pay to have a, a shout out at the end of the show. And people did, but we had to really actively promote it and it was a lot of editing because <laughs> you had to like get all these people's things and, and talk about them. So, uh, you know, we tried that and then, um, you know, I've been in the software business for a while and I uh, was always really interested in recurring revenue and so we thought, you know, mo- most podcast spots are are booked kind of like uh, like typical ad spots. You you say I'm going to book this episode, right? And it's going to cost you whatever. Yeah. And so um, what I thought was, well, let's do um, recurring revenue. So when you're a sponsor, you're signing up for every month, and I set a price five hundred dollars a month, and you get uh, four episodes and a tweet, basically. And, but it's every month, so I knew that it would be coming in every month, right? And uh, um, the longer you booked out, like the, the more committed you were. So if you said you were only going to commit to one month, it was 500. But if you said you were going to commit, so like Sprintly was my first sponsor. And they, they just said, we're going to sponsor you for as long as you do the show. And so I gave them a deal. And uh, yeah, the, and then I had kind of other sponsors throughout. Where was I going here? Oh, well, so eventually you get to that point where you make, you're starting to make some money, right? So I, I promised myself that I was going to reveal some stats on the show because now I, I have nothing to lose, right? Because I'm not doing the show actively. Right. Um, so in, now where's the income? So, so from October to October, last year I made $5,837. And then... Uh, when I quit the show, I had $10,000 in ads booked for the next year. Uh, and that's just monthly revenue. And um, for a lot of people, that would be amazing, right? You get you get some money to do your thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the things I found is like, oh, man. Like, even though I had great advertisers, uh, the, the idea, like, you cannot miss a show then, right? So it's like you have to do this every single week because that, you know, that money's coming in every single month. And I just started to get really tired and feel like, you know, the only reason I was doing the show was because I had a little bit of money coming in. Right. Right. Cause they come, the sponsor then kind of becomes your boss in a sense. Right. And you kind of, I would guess for a lot of folks, maybe they'd get into this with the idea of I'm my boss and I can do it. Yeah. And, and yeah, that whole like doing it every week thing, like just like I said at the beginning, I didn't do a show last week. So sick and the week before because of something else. And, or, yeah, mixing up my shows, but anyways, the didn't record for a couple of weeks basically, and yeah, you do yeah. have that freedom. Then. Oh man, I've got some stories. Like I had the flu, like sick as death, and I, but I knew I had to get a show out for Wednesday morning. So it was Tuesday night, and so I woke. I set my alarm. I'm like sick, sick, sick. I I set my alarm for five a.m. I went out into my garage. Normally, I record my, the podcast in the office. But I went out to my garage, got in my car, in my bathrobe, just like not doing good, and recorded the, all the spots and edited it in my car, just talking to my, <laughs> my MacBook Air. And then I released the show. Like that was, that's the kind of pressure you put on yourself when you've got we, and both wait, wait. advertisers and listeners, right? So why, maybe I'm missing something. Why did you have to go to the car to 
Wouldn't oh, because I've got kids. I've got four kids, and so I didn't want to wake them oh, up. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, doing this thing, right? So I, I said, okay, I got to go somewhere quiet that has like right, okay, okay acoustics, right? I thought because you were sick or something, you were like going to get in the car and you had to like drive out to a field where you could throw up in the midst of <laughs> recording, like a true Canadian would. <laughs> like a true Canadian, yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure there. So and, in in some of those negotiations, and I, I'm not. Like you have to obviously every contract, every detail doesn't have to be revealed. But like, um, can you not do some of that where you'd say like, okay, I was sick this week, so you'll just get another week at the end here, kind of thing. Yeah, you can. It just, I, I mean, mean it I could. creates a headache, obviously, too, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, ideally, what everyone says is when you're doing a show, you've got to, you've got to do it every week. That's what they say, right? You need consistency. And then when you have sponsors, uh, they're basically, you know, they're expecting you to do four episodes a month. And I just, I'm one of those guys, I just, I feel like I've, I've committed to something, I need to do it. And, uh, you know, so yeah. come hell or high water, I'm going to do, you know, put out this episode. And yeah, that, so I could have kind of negotiated, but then it's just more work, right? Yeah. That was part of the nice part about the recurring sponsorship is that I didn't have to negotiate sponsors every single month. Right. Yeah. Like seriously, like if you can get a sponsor like Sprintly, that's, it's a, just an amazing feeling because I knew that they were going to be with me every single month. Um, and I had certain advertisers. So that was the other thing. This one month I said, okay, I'm going to like go crazy in sales mode. I'm going to try to sell out like as many spots as I can. And uh, if any of my <laughs> listeners are like in the chat room or whatever, this is like my infamous Jason Calacanis episode where I put like way too many ads in a single episode <laughs> and because I'd, I'd booked all these spots, right? And so there's kind of dual sides of that. One side is that listeners got ticked because there, it was terrible. Like I just, and I, I tried to like interrupt the episode. You know how uh, Adam Clark does that? Uh, he, he like yeah. interrupts the episode and he does it really well. Like he's a way better podcaster than I am. I, I just did it terribly. Like as bad as you could do it, you know, like this terrible sound effect and then me and it, and the episode was really short. And anyway, I'm sorry for that. Any of my listeners that are listening right now, I, I apologize. But then on the other side, I had these sponsors and, um, unlike Sprintly, you know, a lot of them had very specific expectations of what kind of return on investment they wanted. And, um, you know, that's a lot of pressure. And so, you know, for a while there, for like that month when I booked all those spots, I felt amazing because I was like, yes, I, you know, I, I booked all this stuff and now I'm, you know, I've got all this money coming in. But on the other side, it was like, oh man, like that really felt like advertisers were my boss. And, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that feeling either. <laughs> so I was gonna say, I'll just interject and say, Sprintly, if you're listening, uh, you know where to reach me. <laughs> now that Justin doesn't do. <laughs> but Actually, and you know, for the show notes, I can. I'd even. I'll share. I had a sales letter that I sent to sponsors, and um, I think, you know, one thing is that I. I think sometimes podcasters podcasters feel like they're just, you just put out good content and. You know, the audience will come and then advertisers will come. And for some people, it does. Like some people are just awesome and, you know, people just come to them. But for me, it was not like that. Like I hustled for 
every single, like I hustled for every single advertiser. I would like uh, any, anybody that followed product people on, TV, on uh, Twitter, I would like talk to you. I was like hustling to get every listener, every advertiser, you know, like there was no like, no one just came to me and said, you know, hey, I want to advertise. Like I went out and found all those people, built relationships with them. And then, you know, Sprintly was a long time relationship that um, by the time I, you know, went to ask uh, Joe Stump, you know, if he'd sponsor the podcast, he was like, oh, yeah, like it, it was kind of a no brainer at that point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other war stories from? Uh... From war like, stories. I think the, that's the, the interesting thing is, like you said, for a lot of folks doing the podcasting thing. They they get into it because they enjoy doing it, or maybe they have a purpose, like that's a side thing that they hope to help promote their main business with, you know, talking about the products or the things they're doing or whatever. But mm. the fact that you had you you quit when you had ten thousand dollars or whatever in ads booked already, mm-hmm. for a lot of folks would seem like kind of crazy talk, right? Like, and, yeah. And I mean, you've outlined why, obviously, like it's you know it was just the grind of doing it, and that's people quit jobs all the time that pay well just because it's it's not for them and, and things like that. It seems like you had a good time doing the show, like you listen to the show and it was you enjoy you obviously enjoy talking to people, you enjoy talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy talking. I and actually I missed one thing. I, the the biggest reason I quit. So that there was that was definitely part of it. It was just like the grind and advertising and all that stuff. The biggest reason I quit is that you know the the topic of the show was building and launching your own products. So I was interviewing all these people that were building and launching their own products and I wasn't doing it. I was just talking to them about doing it. And right. uh, eventually I just felt like I'm, I'm tired of just talking about it. I want to go and do it. And um, I just released my first uh, kind of thing, a, a downloadable course called Amplification and that was like exhilarating, you know, because I, I've always been a creator and I've always been like into building things and creating things. And but finally, you know, for the first time in a long time, I built something and launched something and people bought it. And just going through that experience was like um, really, really awesome. And uh, I wanted to do more of that. And then I'd also just started this community called JFDI, um, which is like an online community for people that want to build and launch their own products. And um, I was getting really kind of excited about that too. And, you know, you only have so much time. Uh, My buddy Paul Jarvis has this great saying. He just released a book called Everything I Know. You guys should all go get it. And uh, in the book, he he says, uh, what's the line? He goes, um, to create good work, you have to sacrifice. And I, you know, I'm the kind of guy I want to do everything and I want to do everything myself. And I realized like, I can't, <laughs> you know, I got a full-time job. I've got four kids. I've got other stuff. And, you know, you can't like release, you know, write and release books and you can't like run an online community and, podcast all at the same time every week, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had to give something up. And so the kind of the final reason I gave up the show was um, I wanted to, you know, explore those things. But there has been some interesting, uh, there's interesting things that happen when you stop podcasting. 
Tell me about that. I'm curious. Because okay. <laughs> we don't really ever talk about... Although I've talked to some other past guests about killing a show and, and the, the interesting sort of li- new life, I guess, that can happen when you kill something. <laughs> to, yeah. to put it that way. But Yeah. So here's what I've noticed. Um, first thing, one of my favorite shows right now, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, is the Intellectual Radio Show. And that's your, that's your show with uh, Adam Clark and Tim Smith. Oh, yeah. Right. So for a second, there was like, that sounds familiar. That sounds, that sounds familiar. That's, that, that, that sounds that's like a good title. It's actually the Intellectual Radio Program. That's Intellectual Radio yeah. Program. Sorry. Sorry. Semantics. Semantics. Um, <laughs> and so, um, and actually, <laughs> just like any good show, I started out not initially liking it. I'll get back to that. <laughs> but I, I really like that show. And um, I've noticed, because you guys haven't been doing it in a while, right? You, there's, there was a gap there. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed is I kind of like feel disconnected from you guys. So when I hear you guys talk every week, it's like I'm, I have a relationship with you. Even though I'm not like talking to you, I have your conversation and there's something relational and like real life human about hearing someone's voice that you don't get in Twitter or in blog posts and all this stuff. And I realized like I miss that. I miss like hearing from you guys and, and even like that weird feeling of like, I just don't feel connected to you as much anymore. And I started to think about that, um, you know, looking cause, uh, JFDI, a big part of it is we're in this campfire room. Uh, and then we also have forums and it's kind of like a social network for bootstrappers and people building products. And so <laughs> when I, when I, I just started seeing a lot of names that were really familiar. And when I talked to these people, they, they were all former product people listeners. So like a big portion of JFDI users, uh, customers, are product people listeners. And I started thinking about, you know, the way I feel about the intellectual radio program and my, I'm in quotation marks, my relationship with you guys as hosts and thinking, ah, oh, you know what? I wonder if I've kind of lost my human voice, you know, like every week people could hear me talk and could hear kind of the humanness come out of me and humanness in the conversations I had with other people. And then there was all this kind of humanness and them responding and emailing and, tw- you know, all that stuff. And I do miss that. And I think, um, for that reason, that's what makes me want to go and do like new shows. So I'm go- I am going to do more product people shows. I- I'm not going to have advertisers and I'm probably not going to do it every week, but I do want to keep that kind of real life relationship going. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, it's sort of a natural, maybe once you've tried it once and you've gotten a bit of feedback in terms of audio podcasting or video for that matter, but audio definitely seems to be a little bit more I don't know. There's something more intimate about it when you can, people often are listening in their headphones or in the car when they're driving or something. It's kind of like, like you said, you're having, you're getting to sit in on a conversation somebody's having that lends itself, I think, to just being, I don't know, a part, a more, definitely more connected thing that you're, you're part of what they're, whatever they happen to be doing at that moment, you're there. Whereas a, a blog post or whatever, an email that you get from someone, you're kind of just, that's, they're staring at the screen doing that thing, reading that thing you've sent them or, or written or whatever. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. I have a, I can have a memory of listening to uh, whatever, a 
like back to work or whatever while I was also, or actually you look nice today is probably a better one, but like one of those shows with Merlin while doing something else in my life. And so it just kind of has that connection where I don't really have this like <laughs> emotional memory of reading even however great a blog post might be. Yeah. It doesn't have that same kind of. Yeah. Hit. Yeah. And, and that's interesting, you know, and like another, <laughs> I guess there was a lot of reasons I quit, but the other reason <laughs> I, I quit was I, I was blogging more and you know, I was like my podcast stats. Uh, I'll share those in a second. Uh, compared to my blog stats, was like not even close, you know, like I could get so many people reading my blog and I was just thinking like, why would I invest more time in, in podcasting when, you know, my blogging is getting so much more traction, uh, you know, but in terms of like, again, these people that keep coming, kind of coming back into my life and, um, you know, I've, you know, some of these people, like these are real relationships. Like I just met with, uh, Hamish McPherson, He's a, he was a product people listener and then he joined JFDI. We just met in Edmonton in real life uh, for the first time, you know. And this is like a real relationship that we have. And uh, we've helped each other out with projects. And, you know, that's, that's awesome to me. And uh, a lot of those things started, yeah, just people listening to me having conversations with other people. And um, that kind of them identifying with it or... You know, I think just also because podcasting is a bit more real, I can I can revise a blog post and kind of make myself look a certain way, you know. Uh, but podcasting, <laughs> I'm just talking, and sometimes like this really, even as much as I try to like uh, put on this veneer of you know whatever, um, I, every once in a while this real life kind of just blurts out, you know, and falls on the table. And those are the moments, <laughs> even though that like as podcasters we're like eek like. I don't want that on there, you know. Um, those are the moments people love. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a person, like, went, go back through the product people archives and then went back to this original show that Kyle Fox and I did. It was just us talking, you know, two nobodies on the internet. And he said that was his favorite episode. I was like, why? Like, why was that? And he's like, well, you guys were talking about, like, real-life struggles and you just sounded like human beings, you know, and, and, and that comes out in podcasting. It's just a really interesting format. So at what point did you, was there actually uh not to get all marketing speak, but like, was there a, a point where on product people, you pitch JFDI, the, the community, or was it kind of just a thing where you had the audience from product people, like you have the little mailing list pop up things so people can sign up and be yeah. notified of new stuff. And, and, uh, was that kind of the, yeah, I mean, I connection? think, I think um, the the email connection is probably where most of the the magic happens. Like, I think people build a relationship with you by listening to the podcast. But it was, you know, people signing up for my mailing list. And on my mailing list, it's a little bit different. It's not like a like a really uh, like an email newsletter. It's just like an email that I send out, and um, I'll ask I'll actually ask people to reply. And when they reply, I reply back to them. And so there's a, a conversation. So it started with the podcast. People signed up for the email list. And then, you know, gradually, you know, they might start following my blog. They might start, um, you know, they might buy my course. All that kind of stuff. Um, so, I, yeah, it, it probably starts with the mailing list and, and kind of goes from there. 
Yeah, that's the service. That, I mean, I don't know. You're allowed to say like that's your day job, right? Is the yeah I work for use? yeah I work for a company called Industry Mailout, and uh, that's what I use. And um, uh, yeah, I just send out basically, uh, you know, a basic email. I try to do it every week, and uh, when it's good, it's like focused on helping people, <laughs> and when it's bad, it's like a little bit too much focused on me. But um, that's the idea. Is I'm trying to. I'm trying to get into the space where I'm, I'm able to help people. And then in the relationship, you know, uh, that's the funny thing about a relationship. Like you start it and then, you know, you might start helping someone out. You might give them some good advice, but that usually comes around and they might help you out in some way or, um, you know, uh, it kind of goes from there. Yeah. And there's two people in the chat room. I won't Opry Lamb and just Justina or Justin Abrams. I'm not sure which way. <laughs> Which uh, where the first word or first late name ends and the second one begins, but anyways, <laughs> they're both saying they're on the mailing list, and that's why they're listening to this, and or that's why they came to JFDI. So it's an interesting thing because I think podcasters, there's probably like the segment of the of the people who maybe listen to this, and this this is my own struggle too. Is like I really don't know who's listening, and I don't really have a good gauge of the audience. There's people out there, I know there's hundreds of people listening. Mm-hmm. downloading it and stuff but i don't aside from the odd tweet back and and thing i don't really have a good sense of who's out there and part of me is like i'm that uh apprehensive marketer where i'll happily pitch like someone else's thing like yeah. say uh you did a thing or sean blanc puts out an ebook or whoever and i'm like i'll write a blog post for him but then when it comes to my own stuff i'm like ooh, i don't want to come across too much so i'll just i'll say nothing i'll tweet maybe once about it but that's probably too much <laughs> which is so <laughs> stupid obviously but if you want to get i mean there is a, a there is a, a certain element of you know not over pitching yourself sort of like what you said with your emails but yeah you know to um, sorry it's Justin Abrams thanks for correcting me um, the uh, but yeah that that the email where is it going the email thing uh, that's an element I think that some listeners probably are like well duh obviously everybody knows email is still a big thing and you should be having a sign up form and all that kind of stuff and yeah and call to actions and stuff like that. But then there's another segment of the audience who are like me, sometimes are too tentative to do any sort of marketing with their thing and, and it ends up sort of languishing and suffering because of that. And and I think something like an email thing is, at least for me, I think it would work really well. I've, I'm on your, uh, whatever, whichever mailing list you want to call it, I guess the mailing list, right? It's all yeah. funneled to Yeah, me. I mean, I've got a few, but there's kind of one main list right now that has, you know, yeah, I'll people that signed up through product people, people that signed up through my blog, people that signed up through, you know, other things I've done. Yeah. And it's something where I like in my day job, I'm a, I own a web design, do my, uh, help people with building websites and do a bit of marketing and stuff like that. And I tell other people, yes, mainly you should use email Yeah, and you know, all that kind of stuff and get frustrated when they don't. And then, yeah. Little yeah. Joy. I, I think it's actually pretty important. Like, um, I mean, that's one thing I wanted to talk about with you is because I'm really a business guy. Like, I like business. I've always liked business. And um, I, I think if, if podcasters, uh, a lot of podcasters do want to make money from this. Like, that's part of their idea, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, for, I think the first thing you have to realize is, like, what do you actually want to accomplish with this? And I think people lie to themselves. They say, like, oh, I just want to do it for the you know, I don't know, for the art or the craft. And that could be part of it, sure. Like, I think there is people that love the art and the craft, and that's great. But if the, deep in your little side self, there is this idea of like, oh, I'd like to make some money from this, just 
put it out there and be honest with yourself. I do want to make some money for this and I'm going to try these things in this amount of time and see if I can do that. Um, and I think one way to do that is to build an audience and just keep figuring out how you can help them. And like this show is a great example. So when I started, um, I didn't know anything, right? And I'm trying to figure out like, how do I, how do, I do this stuff? And, um, you know, I bought a book by, uh, now I'm going to forget his name, uh, Jim Metzendorf. Is that oh, right? Yeah. Um, I bought his book. It's $15 and it's basically, it's nothing exciting. It's like a, a PDF he printed off of Word, you know, like it, it doesn't have a fancy layout or anything like that. But um, I bought that because I needed to know how, like I, I respected his opinion and I needed to know how to do this thing, right? And uh, I think... For example, Chris, you could do the same thing with this show. There's people that want to know how to podcast. They want to know, like, how do different people do it? They want to know what gear to get. And if you can, like, package all that together and provide it to them in a way that uh, saves them time or saves them money or makes them money, that would be really helpful, you know? And so, like, $15 that I I paid for uh, Jim's book... Uh, is nothing compared to the hours and hours I would have had to spend, um, you know, researching all that stuff. I can just get all of his, whatever, 20 years of experience in one package. That's that's perfect, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's that was actually an interesting, I think it was a Kickstarter campaign. He started that out of, and then he, he's selling it separately. Mm-hmm. Line, which I'll, again, the link will be in the, in the show notes, which you can find at ssktn.com. And uh, this will be episode 33, like I said. Look for Justin smiling. Water swilling <laughs> face or something. I'm not sure what we'll use for. <laughs> but, you don't uh, know what I'm drinking here. No, I don't. It's it's probably something home brewed <laughs> in the backcountry of BC. There. <laughs> oh man! While you're well, snowboarding down the mountains. Yes. <laughs> so, so what else? What else did you? Is there other stuff you wanted to to uh, ask me about? <laughs> <laughs> I just been. I had a list, and I, I, but I, I don't want to. I, I want to make sure that you have a. Well, no, you had mentioned. I think you'd sort of teased folks, and the, the numbers thing is always the the stats and and the dollars. If when you're talking yeah. sponsorship and 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 listenership, that's always the thing that people are like, because the big pros obviously never talk about it, and then the the rest of us who are happy to talk about it don't have any numbers <laughs> worth sharing. So yeah. you're kind of like everybody's just in this fog, and what's really going on, and nobody really knows until they talk yeah. to somebody, and they're like. Uh, no, that's not enough, but I can't tell you what it is you know, yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, so here we go. Um, so these are from the, the one important thing about stats is the stats really depend on where you're getting them from. So I'm getting mine from blueberry.com. That's, I use that plugin, uh, in WordPress. Uh, and, uh, actually I'll just, I can even paste this into the chat room, a little bonus for the chat room folks. Uh, so in November, I didn't release any new episodes, and I had 4,280 downloads. In October, I had 11,820 downloads. In September, I had 12,959 downloads. In August, I had 8,381. July, I had 9,522. June, I had 8,638. And in May, I had 11,009. So that's like the last six or seven months, yeah. So, and not, a, I mean, what I've heard is that most big sponsors won't even look at you until you have 10,000 downloads per episode. 
Um, and, uh, you know, that's probably important for someone that, like a lot of these are based on like how many people actually, uh, like, they're like affiliate deals, right? Like how many people actually click through to Squarespace or whatever and sign up for an account. Um, I think the difference with me is that I was like, I got so many tweets from people about Sprintly. Like I became the Sprintly guy, you know, like everyone knew that I just loved this product and I was talking about it all the time. Sprintly got a lot of mileage out of that, that kind of um, arrangement, that kind of way of doing things because I was talking about it every month. Um, but, you know, overall, I'm guessing that's, that, that's probably like two or 3,000 downloads per episode, right? Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was fine. And, and that, was about, that was about the ceiling. You know, I, 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 don't think I, got, I don't think I got through. I don't think I ever got over, like September was probably my biggest month. So about 13,000 downloads. And, and you know this too from doing interviews. Like for sure, the Merlin Mann episode of Show Me Your Mic is going to have more downloads than the Justin Jackson version of Show Me Your Mic, right? Like, that's just how it works, right? And <laughs> hey, don't um, cut yourself short. We don't know yet. It's, we don't know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so It's an American thing, I think. That's why. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that, that's how it works. And, um, and those were my stats. And we started out way lower than that, right? Like, we, we started out with two or three people. And, um, and the way that I built an audience was like literally hustling. Like I just, I, I, uh, what did I do? I, well, you know, you, you encourage everyone to subscribe in iTunes, right? So the more people that subscribe, the higher up you go in the rankings, uh, submitted myself to every single directory. Um, I, I mean, the other helpful thing is to start with an interview show because then people bring their audience to you. And uh, especially if you get someone like, if you go someone like, so here's an interesting thing, Jason Calacanis, who has a huge audience. I don't know. He's got, what, a couple hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Someone want to check that? Uh, <laughs> probably, one of my, probably one of my lowest episode down, downloads, um, like not, not even on the radar of my most popular episode. Uh, but... Um, Someone like Patio Eleven, who's got a huge following on Hacker News, but he's not like like no one would really you know normal people don't know who he is. Um, even in the startup scene, there would be a pun- bunch of people who wouldn't know who he is. But he you know brought in a big audience when uh, I think he was one of my first guests, and um, so interview show- shows can help with that that kind of stuff too. Yeah, and that's something that uh, it it wor- works against you and for you, right? Because it's it makes the show. Uh, like you said, brings an audience with the person. So you have Jason Freed from 37 Signals on. Obviously, he brings an audience with him, right? And yeah. Whereas you and, uh, sorry, I forget, Kyle Fox, was it? That, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, you you and a buddy doing a show or like even like our intellectual radio program show, we bring our collective audiences with us, but collectively it's not huge. And so the numbers aren't there, but it's a little easier to do the show each week because there's no hustling to try and track down an interview each week and schedule somebody and arrange and, I mean, Notwithstanding the fact that the three of us on the intellectual radio program haven't been able to get our schedules together for the last <laughs> couple of weeks, but that's yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and it's that's the boat. I think that's with this show with Show Me Your Mic. I've struggled with that too because it's kind of like 
you, you get on you get a bit of a bump in stats and people start there's higher numbers downloading the show and so then you're thinking great there's actually more people listening subscribing and all that kind of stuff and then you put out a, a different episode with somebody with maybe not as big an audience and then it drops in half or drops way down and you're like oh actually they're just we're here for that <laughs> the merman yeah. guy or whatever you know and those kinds of yeah. things and that's just the reality of fame yeah. and internet stuff and that's just how it works obviously but yeah yeah i think you know one thing i think about a lot is um because i've recently had some success blogging and i've been blogging for years like i've been i you know, I was on the internet before uh, Mosaic. Like I was, you know, um, able to telnet into the local university and use the internet. And then I remember Mosaic came. I was one of the first users. And it wasn't, you know, it was that long after until I had my own website and I was writing online, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been doing this forever. And for whatever reason, you know, August 2012, things changed. And all of a sudden things are you know, I'm I'm getting a lot of traction on uh, specifically JustinJackson.ca. That a lot of people are reading it, and part of it is just practice, right? I've been writing for a long time, and eventually some things clicked. But the other thing, and I think the main thing, is that I s- quit thinking about myself, and I I, I, mean, I I still struggle with this, but I quit thinking about myself, and I tried to start focusing on other people and specifically not just like other people in general. That's another mistake people make is they're like, this is for everybody. But I, I tried to think about like people who were like me and that wanted to build products. And that was like, I, I'm just going to start focusing on this. And, you know, like Amy Hoy says, I still haven't focused enough. You know, she says you need to <laughs> draw it in even more, but when I started just saying, okay, I'm going to focus on these people who are a lot like me and I'm going to see how I can help them, um, that, that was when things started to change. Uh, when I quit blogging about like my Apple TV and like, uh, you know, all this other stuff I was blogging about and I started thinking about here's these group of people that I want to help and how can I help them? And, you know, well, maybe I can tell them about this experience I had and what I learned, and maybe that would help them too. Uh, I think it's the same thing with podcasting. You know, as we, if you want to build like your own audience, it comes from like consistently going out and thinking, okay, how can I help my listeners this show? And, um, and it's okay. I mean, most of us start off selfishly, like we want to talk to really cool people, right? Um, people that we wouldn't normally get to talk to that's fine but i think where like the the where things really kind of the, the scale tips and you're no longer like depending on you know jason freed's audience is when you start to um think about the people you already have whether that's 10 listeners or whatever and just saying well how can i help these people and um there's probably gonna be a conversation in there right you're gonna be like <laughs> in the chat room or in email or on Twitter, you're going to be saying like, so what are the things you're struggling with right now? Right. And like for podcasters, like you only have to spend a bit of time. Um, like, do you, are, are you in the, the Google plus, uh, podcasting group? Yeah. Do you ever hang out there? Yeah. If you don't, yeah. So like you go there and like, here's the thing, here's the trends I noticed. If you just like scan for a while, here's the trends I noticed. Number one, people are way too, 
concerned about technology and not concerned enough about the actual content. So they're like concerned about their microphone and how they sound and all that stuff, but they're not concerned about actually doing something interesting that that helps people or that people will want to download, right? Yeah. So that, that's trend number one. So they've got like way better equipment than me. Um, they people like laughed at me when I started because they said, you know, what do you use to record your show? I said, well, it's just a blue Yeti. It sits on the table. Uh, I record the calls in GoToMeeting. Uh, like I don't even use Skype. You know, like I'm a black sheep. I I edit it in GarageBand and I I host it myself on WordPress and Amazon S3, which is kind of geeky, but. People like, and then I looked at people like with these crazy setups and they've got blinking lights and, you know, this whole, like they redid their whole basement to look like a radio studio or whatever. And they even have a guest for couches and stuff. And then you listen to their shows and <laughs> wait, it's like. Wait, they have a couch for guests, me. Yeah. What did guest I say? For, guest for couches. Guest, guest for couches. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's, that's the name of my indie band. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, they've yeah. done all this work, but the, it's not very interesting, you know? So that's one trend. Uh, second, everyone wants to know how to make money at it. Even if they say they don't, they all want to know how they can make a little <laughs> bit of money with their hobby. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the other thing is audience. Everybody's looking for an audience. They're wondering, you know, uh, are my numbers good? Are, you know, what are good numbers? What, you know, what does all this stuff kind of mean? How do I grow an audience? Um, all that stuff. So those are three trends I see. And, you know, uh, I think you're actually doing people a great service with this show because you get to, t when you're talking to all these folks that are doing this stuff, you know, you can hear like what's going on. Like, okay, well, that's what the gear they use. You know, like uh, Macworld guy, uh, who, who's Jesus that Macworld? No. Yeah, like yeah. It, you, you went to his studio and you were like, well, it's not that great. You know, like it, it wasn't uh, in terms of like the equipment and the setup. It's not that impressive, right? Yeah. And for us to hear that is actually really uh, healthy, I think, because then it gets people focused on, well, what's great about Jason Snell's show is the content. It's like what he's providing for people. That's the important part, right? I had a, I had a similar feeling when I went to, um, I visited the 37 Signals office for a day. And like, I just adore those. I still, I have a huge crush on those guys. Um, but I got there and I spent the day with them. And at the end of the day, I was like, this is like not as magical as I thought it would be. This is just like <laughs> yeah. a, a bunch of hardworking people who are like actually no more special than any of us. Um, and they're just making good choices. They're focused on an audience and they're trying to provide value for that audience. That's it. And I mean, obviously it's harder to actually do that, but it didn't feel like, I kept thinking there would be some magic sauce, you know, like, you know, maybe like in the middle of the day, Jason Fried gets up and like delivers this incredible speech and everyone gets like fired up. And like, there was nothing like that. Yeah. It was just like a normal audience where people were like typing on keyboards and, you know, going for tea and like, there was nothing magical about it. Yeah. And it's the same with podcasting and building an audience. It's, I think at the end of the day, it's about, you know, Choosing an audience, figuring out how, what do they need, and then providing that for them, and then just making good choices. So, like, don't go down the rabbit hole of building an entire studio when you might not need to. Like, just focus on helping people, and uh, if eventually you're, you know, people are saying, you know, that would really help if you sounded better. Okay, sure, go and get a better mic or whatever, but... 
I only had one complaint about sound quality, and that was from another podcaster. <laughs> I was going to say, I, did I send you something that was like a jerk? You are such a jerk. No, no, it wasn't you. Um, and he was fine. Like I said, yeah. yeah, I said, I just record it and go to meeting and, you know, no one's ever complained. And, um, I mean, I could have tested that, I guess, you know, like done some better recording or whatever. But my, my feeling talking to my audience was, I don't think this is an issue for them, you know? And sometimes I would actually ask them, like, what do you think about the quality? And they're like, well, oh, sounds great. It's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think uh, sometimes we get distracted and um, that. Yeah, that's where any, like any of us involved in any sort of techie thing, you get so focused on the tools that you're using or, well, even like I had, I had asked you like your jfdi.bz. <laughs> Isn't that the best domain ever? <laughs> Million dollar domain. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like the important thing that's going on is this awesome community that you're, you're developing and working with and, and have built up and all that kind of stuff. And I'm worried about like, what's the tech you're using behind that? Like, how do you, how are you functioning? And what's the, you know, you're using BuddyPress now, whatever. Like, and that's, it's all neat stuff for good. It's good for conversation and stuff, but like, then I'll go off and like, I've built a ton. And I'm, I'm saying this in terms of, it's a, as a bit of like confession. Cause like, I know we've all done this where you, you build like a, a membership type site or some sort of thing in WordPress. And you can just like spend an afternoon or a day hacking away and building this thing that then never actually goes anywhere. Cause you don't really have, a, a plan or an idea for where it's going to end up. You just want to like, it's, well, it's always easier to start the thing. Right. And so yeah, there it sits. Yeah. <laughs> so if, probably if you go to like chrisends.com slash membership or something, there's probably like a old membership page from 2006 <laughs> or something. I, that, I, I'm the same way. Like I've, I've built those sites before in the past too. And, um, the difference with JFDI is, so the whole idea with that, that came out of conversations I was having with people on my email list. And there was two kind of patterns I started noticing. The first was that people were tired of buying courses, reading books, going to workshops, listening to podcasts. They were sick of that stuff. Like they appreciated it, like it's helpful. But there comes a point where you're like, I've been doing that for five years and I haven't built anything. And so they were frustrated that they hadn't actually done anything yet. So that was the first trend I kept seeing over and over again. And then the second trend was, you know, a lot of people like us that are doing this stuff, we're just grinding it out on our own. Like we're in our basements, you know, late at night after the kids have gone to bed. And it's just us by ourselves in this cold, dark basement trying to build something. And people were lonely. That was Two trends. They're tired of just reading about stuff. They want to do it. And people were lonely. And so we, I validated the idea by I started just a campfire room. And I, I probably broke some terms of service with this. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Uh, but I just started a campfire room. And I said, it's $10 a month to join. I'm going to cap it at 12 members to start. And it uh, sold out in 30 minutes. And then we did that for a month. And um, some people are saying, oh, this is good. Like, I like this. This is good size and everything. And other people are saying, no, we need to grow this because I'm in Australia and I never, you know, no one's ever online. And, and other people are saying, well, it'd be great if we had a membership list. And so eventually I ended up building out 
the site, and now it's like a social network for bootstrappers, right? And the campfire room is like a little part of it. Um, but that's how it happened. And, you know, with JFDI, like my whole focus now is like, how can I help these people do stuff? You know, because uh, it could become just another excuse not to do stuff. <laughs> right. But we're doing that. Uh, like we just did this week of hustle where like every day uh, I would send an email in the morning saying, okay, today's like – we're going to set off this day, this week to just focus on building your thing. And you're going to sacrifice some other stuff to do it. You're going to, you know, carve out a couple hours each day. And we're going to work on our thing every single day. And then in the evening, we're going to report back in the forums and say, you know, this is what I did. These are the struggles I had, all that stuff. And uh, the people that went through that, um, a lot of them were product people listeners that was like an incredible experience for them. Like we got, we all agreed, we got way more done in those seven or eight days than we had in the previous six weeks, you know? Um, so I got a little bit off topic, but that, I think the idea was like responding to people's uh, needs, you know? And that's important whether you're building a product or building a podcast. You got to figure out like what do people actually need and then provide that to them. Um, and I think that's kind of, at least in my experience, that's how I've been able to grow uh, an audience. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a good spot to end, maybe, because um, I think that's something that um, I'm just sort of thinking. Even with this, with anything you're doing, like it's it's an important thing to think about. And we like we've said a million times already in this chat is like putting the cart before the horse. Often is what we end up doing, and just want to have a show or get an excuse to talk to smart folks and then about the stuff they do and that's sort of what this came out of but then kind of morphs and figuring out where it should go and you get there there's a tendency probably too to sorry i just said we're going to end and then i start off on another tangent but, love it keep going but the there's a you know that tendency like okay well if i should listen for what people want well i get contacts from sort of the uh you know what i would call sometimes the douchier side of the web of business on the web that folks who are doing it like I don't I don't doubt that their heart's in the right place but the podcasting professionals who put out products every week and everybody kind of signs up for their each other's things and you know and that kind of that avenue of podcasting is out there and I could yeah. go down that road but I don't really find that conversation that interesting right and so um, just and not like nothing against those folks here I am being the nice Canadian <laughs> <laughs> nothing against those folks who do, who are doing that but that's why I don't have a lot of those kind of folks or I don't seek out those kind of folks I don't I don't find the conversation that interesting I'd rather hear from other folks who are doing some different stuff and that's just there's plenty of room obviously on the web for all of that but um yeah. but yeah the danger would be I guess for me to just chase after every single like I get another contact from somebody tomorrow let's say and they say no you should have it whatever talk to podcasters only in Australia or something or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that kind of thing that's an underserved market so go after that and it's, I guess, how do you see that in, in some of the responses you're getting from folks when you say, what are you struggling with? And someone says, I'm struggling with whatever, how to, what color to paint my house or something, you know, something that's completely off tangent from what you want to do. Yeah. What do you, where do you, where do you go with that kind of feedback and that kind of information? Well, I mean, in that case, it's easy because if it's not something I'm focused on or that I'd even be good at, then I say, well, sorry, I, I can't help you with that. Um, and if it's, and even if it, I mean, I think one of the nice things about asking for feedback is you're going to get a lot of different messages. Um, and I'm more concerned about like, what's kind of like the loudest 
uh, pattern that I'm hearing or I'm seeing. Right. Um, because you're right. Like someone could send you down a path that is only good for them. And I mean, maybe you could make it your mission to just help that one person. But for me, I want to help more than one person. And so I'm looking for common kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And um, I mean, this is all an experiment. Like if a bunch of people decide that, you know, JFDI is no longer working um, and we all decide to stop, then that would be fine. But that, the idea is just what is kind of the common pain that I'm hearing over and over again. Um, it's the same with product management. That's my day job, right? Like you get so many requests from people who are using your product. And if you tried to answer and build every single one of those features, first of all, you'd never do it. And uh, second of all, um, <laughs> I guess maybe first of all is good enough. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, you have to limit what's coming in. And yeah. so, uh, you know, the best advice I've heard of this is from Jason Fried. And they like, they just, they don't even write down feature requests. They just kind of listen. And the stuff that keeps bubbling to the top is what they focus on. And that ends up being helpful for most of the people, uh, as opposed to just, you know, the minority. Right. And this sort of squeaky wheel thing of, yeah, just because one yeah. person's complaining doesn't always mean it's yeah an issue for everybody. Yeah. And I think the other thing I just, I heard Derek Sivers just talking about this uh, on the Dorm Room Tycoon podcast. And uh, he was saying, you know, even if you, he says, look to your biggest fans and talk to them. So... Um, not your biggest critics, like you're going to have loud people that are like just kind of negative and like kind of down on whatever you're doing. Don't talk to them because that's a waste of time. Go and talk to like the people that are just like, man, I love this show. Like, I love what you're doing. And sometimes like we, we even ignore those people. We're just like, yeah, that's good. Thanks. But we don't like understand that there's some people that like really like what we're doing. And even if you only have 10 listeners, one of those listeners is going to be your biggest fan, Right. And maybe, like, they'll become a bigger fan in the future. It doesn't matter. But one of those people is going to be your biggest fan. Those are great people to talk to you because they already love what you're doing. And they're going to be able to tell you, you know, which knobs to turn up as opposed to, you know, someone who's cranky saying, oh, your sound sucks. You know, like, that's not helpful. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't help me. But, you know, if someone's really kind of uh, passionate about what you're doing, um, they're going to be the ones that say, hey, you maybe could try this, you know, turn up this knob here. And, uh, and whenever I've done that, I found like, you know, the results are a lot better. Yeah. It makes me think of a tweet I got while we were recording about how the mobile experience here wasn't the greatest, but <laughs> just a drive-by tweeter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Thing, but, and and yeah. I mean, you can, you can listen to that person and maybe they're cranky or maybe they actually love what you're doing. Yeah. So you got to figure that out. But if they're just cranky, it's like, who cares? And if they're the only person that's ever said that, well, maybe wait a little while, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe it's not such a big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, yeah, and so in wrapping up, where, it, I mean, I think po- folks hopefully can figure out where can they can find you, follow you, and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, oh, no, wait. I'm forgetting. This is how rusty I am. Uh, podcast. What's, what podcast do you listen to? Yeah. Okay. What, what apps I just want to, I know we're, I know we've gone long. I just want to say one thing. Yeah. Most of the shows that I listen to now, I started out not liking. <laughs> and I think we forget about this. And maybe I'm the only person, but like the first time I listened to Back to Work, what Merlin Mann, Dan Benjamin, I was like, what the 
heck is going on with this show? This show is terrible. It's like two people talking for like so long about nothing. And there's all these inside jokes I didn't get. And I was like going to turn it off and never listen again. And then I listened again. And then, you know, by the third episode, I started to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I also go into seasons. So like right now, I'm actually not listening to Back to Work. I'm kind of over that show for whatever reason. I don't know why. Uh, so a little bit of kind of advice. Like sometimes, you know, people will start listening to your show and it might take a little while for them to like it. Uh, so right now, I listen to uh, intellectual radio show program whenever you guys put out an episode. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to Dorm Room Tycoon a little bit more lately. Um, that's uh, William from uh, the UK. He puts out a really good show. Uh, I listen to all this on Instacast. Uh, what else is in my queue here? Startups for the Rest of Us with Rob Walling. Uh, this American Life. Everyone says they love This American Life. It's a good show. Like I like it when I listen to it, but I can't bring myself to listen to it every week. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I'm the same way. I, like I, I love. I, what I look for is when someone says, "Hey, you should listen to this episode of the American This American Life." Then I'll yeah. really listen to that usually if it's someone I trust or whatever. And then, but I don't. I don't actually subscribe to it. It's just too much. I don't know, yeah. too much something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, by the way, with, uh, uh, oh, now I'm not going to, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, that one? you've never, you've never Jeff, listened to, by the way, oh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Garland, Jeff Garland. Uh, I just love that show. He's great. He, he always interviews really interesting people from Hollywood and it's really funny. Makes me laugh. Nice. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it for you. That's it for me. Uh, and so uh, where can folks find you, follow you on the webs? Uh, sure. Uh, JustinJackson.ca and um, my Justin on Twitter. Now, what's the, where'd you come up with that one? <laughs> MI Justin, right? Is oh what it is. man, it's so funny. I the the name of my com- the company that I work for, our product is industry mailout. But when I first started tweeting, so the our the parent company is called Mailout Interactive. And when I first started tweeting, I thought, oh, I'm just gonna be tweeting about business stuff like email newsletters and things. So I gave <laughs> Mailout Interactive Justin. <laughs> <laughs> but I need to change it to something else, like millionaire you know, yeah. eh, something, I don't know, <laughs> but mustache that's the story. Preciado. Yeah. Justin. Yeah. Mustache impersonator. Cause I don't right. actually have that mustache. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh man. Awesome. Yo, thanks Chris. Thanks for having me on the show. I really had a good time. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks Justin for stopping by and, uh, dropping some wisdom, Canadian style <laughs> wisdom on, <laughs> on the listeners that are out there. And, uh, if, uh, I was going to say, if something that has maybe sparked sparked a thought for you and what you're doing, obviously probably related to podcasting, but if it's something else, that's cool too. I'd love to hear about it. Hit me up on Twitter at iChris on Twitter and, and of course, sskTN.com slash contact and uh, questions or suggestions. Of course, I won't listen to you if you're angry, as we've discussed. That's right. <laughs> if you're cranky, if you just need to lay down for a minute before you send the email do that uh, and of course Facebook and Twitter's and Google Pluses as well and uh, so I think that is it for me thanks for listening and have a great day 